Welcome. This is the Word to Wisdom with John Strasse, a teaching ministry that will build you up in the love of God's Word. And now, here's John. Hey, this is John Strasse, and welcome to the program today. We're very happy that you've joined us. I'd like to just get right into the Word today and talk about the living Word. We've been talking about the Word of God a lot recently and in different ways, and this is just one other way to to get into this topic. And I'm calling this one, Speak the Living Word. And this is about speaking God's Word as you read it and and the power that is in the promises of His Word and, and about our prayer life. Um, I want to look at a scripture in Matthew 18, and it's verse 19 and 20. And it says this, and and Jesus is talking, and he says, Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching or concerning anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now, this is a powerful statement that Jesus is making, and he's saying that if two of you will get together in unity of of one mind and pray about something, you're asking together, and he's saying it shall be done for them by my Father, which is in heaven. And if you look at verse 20, he goes on to say, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Jesus is completing the picture here, saying that if two of you shall agree on earth concerning any matter that you are asking about, that you are praying about, that it will be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, so he's saying this is how you will gather together, in his name, in his authority, there am I in the midst of them. This is a powerful statement, and it's a promise too. And it's a promise that many believers don't experience often. They get together and they pray and the prayers are not answered and something goes wrong or whatever the case is. I want to encourage you to continue to get together by two or three or more. And if there's a matter which you have to pray about, any matter, it could be a problem that somebody's having in your group or a sickness, or it could be something great is happening. You are building something, a ministry or a school or a business, and you get together in one accord, in one mind, in one heart, and you pray on that matter. Jesus is saying, if you do that together and you believe, it should be done for them by my Father. He'll do it. Then again, he goes on to say, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now, there's a lot we could teach on that, but I want to move on to talk about, well, then what does this prayer look like? What is he talking about? And I want to use a scripture which may seem off topic for the moment, but you'll see that it's on topic very soon. It's in Ephesians 6 and 17, and he's saying, and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is a section of scripture where Paul was teaching us how to stand in faith and to stand against the wiles of the devil. He was saying to put on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and, and, and many other things he was talking about. But one of the things he said that we need to take with us, one of our weapons, so to speak, is in verse 17 in chapter 6 of Ephesians. 
and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, I want to combine these two ideas with prayer because oftentimes we look at prayer as if we're saying, God, please do this for me, or God, please get this for me, give me something, I need something, provide something. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that kind of prayer. But there's also a prayer of decreeing and declaring. And God's word is a sword. And I want to give you an example of what I'm talking about. And then I want to go back to what Jesus was saying about two or three gathering together. You're going to see this is very powerful. Now, when I talk about the word of God being like a sword or something that you would pray and decree something or declare something, I'm talking about taking a promise from God's word and speaking it plain and simple. And this is why I call this episode Speaking or Speak the Living Word. We declare the promises of God, and that is also prayer. This is something that people don't realize. A lot of Christians just believe that prayer is only asking for something. But you might be in a situation where somebody is sick or you're having a financial struggle or something that's going on that you need some help with. And you can certainly say, Lord, please heal this person or Lord, please provide the resources that we need. But we also have the right and the calling even to speak God's word and pray things. For example, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or lack. That's Psalm 23 verse 1. And you can pray that verse instead of saying, Lord, provide me what I lack. You can say, Lord, your, your word says the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. There's a verse in Isaiah 54, verse 17. It says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And the actual verse says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But I made it personal. And I said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I prayed that verse. I declared that verse when my daughter was in a car accident and in the hospital fighting for her life. When Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain on the earth, for three years, he didn't say, Lord, don't let it rain. He made a declaration and he said something in line of, it will not rain on the earth according to my word. He made a declaration. David wrote in, in the Psalms and said, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Picture yourself praying that instead of, Lord, please don't let me die. I'm afraid and and. I, I have work to do yet, and I want to declare your works. I'm not saying you can't pray that or shouldn't pray that, but that's more of a prayer that could be full of fear and unbelief. The Word of God is living. We've been saying this a lot recently. And because it's living, it has the ability to accomplish things. Let me show you something in Isaiah 55:11. This is very powerful. And Isaiah is speaking here, and actually the Lord is speaking through Isaiah here, saying, So will my word be, which goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please, and it will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. What the Lord was talking about was his word. And he was saying when he speaks his word, it goes out of his mouth, it has a purpose, and it's not going to return to him void or empty. 
but it will accomplish the things that he pleases and it will prosper in the thing for which he sent it. And he gives us the right to take his words and speak them. That is a big part of what prayer is all about. Look at what Psalm 91 says, no plague will come near my dwelling. Many people have prayed this and declared this verse in this season where we've seen all these viruses and the fear that has come along with it. They're saying, no, no, no plague is going to come near my dwelling. And they believe it and they declare it. And what they're doing is they're declaring the word of God. And that word is the sword of the spirit. We just read that in Ephesians 6 and 17. Paul said, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the word is a powerful weapon in your mouth. The promises of God are yes and amen. They never fail. If he says yes about something, it's yes. Our job is to believe it. That's what he's calling us to do. Here's another verse that we could pray. He who has begun a good work in me will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, again, I'm personalizing this saying me. The verse actually reads, and Paul wrote it, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And that's Philippians 1 and 6. Personalize the word for yourself when you're praying. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. He wrote that to Timothy. Paul wrote that to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. But you can pray it in your life and say, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you see the difference between saying, oh Lord, please do this for me? When he's given you his word, and Paul said it, Take the word. Take the sword of the spirit. He's saying, use the word. That's what he's saying. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It's a revelation in that he's saying, you're going to wield this sword. You're going to wield the word of God against everything that makes you afraid, against everything that comes against you, that accuses you that you are not a child of God, that comes against everything that says your life is going to fail, that you're going to get sick, that you're going to go broke, that you're going to lose everything, that nobody loves you, God doesn't love you. It's all false. All of that is false, and we need to use the word of God and speak the word of God like a sword. And just like the very first verse we read, when two or more will agree on anything that they are asking about, it will be done for them by our Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And you may ask, well, can I pray alone? Yes, you can. You certainly can and you certainly should. When my daughter was in the hospital because of a car accident, much of what I prayed, I had to pray alone. Now, bear in mind, my wife was also praying with me and we were in agreement on that. We did get together and pray and that was very powerful. And there was only a couple of other people who stood with us in prayer like that. So there was a time of two or three and we gathered together in one mind. And one of the things that came in my mind in talking about this was those of you who are married, the husbands and wives out there listening to this, you're two and you are more of one mind, hopefully, <laughs> than most other people who are like just friends or, or acquaintances. There's a oneness that husbands and wives have together that when they pray concerning anything of one mind, of one heart, 
That is very powerful because they're believing. So this is like a special thing that I'm seeing here that those of you who are husbands and wives, there's a unity there. Churches should do the same thing, of course, but there's not always unity in larger groups, unfortunately. We have to get to that point. God is working that in the church today. But if you feel that there's a division amongst you, get amongst those people who are like-minded with your purpose in the prayer. If you're going to pray for somebody who needs healing or some issue in your group or some issue in your family, get with those who believe what you're believing about that matter and, and believe with you on that matter and pray together. And then you can continue to just pray on your own. It's powerful to pray with another person or two other people who are in full agreement with the prayer that you're praying. And our job is to believe our prayer or, I can put it this way, our decree. Jesus was speaking to a man who brought his son to Jesus' disciples and his son had a, had a demonic issue. He said he had a dumb spirit and this poor boy was getting thrown onto the ground and thrown in the water and it was horrible. And the disciples tried to pray for this boy, but nothing happened. And Jesus was at a distance and he came on the scene and said, what's basically what's going on here? And the boy's father told Jesus that I brought my son to your disciples and told them to cast this demon out of my son, but they couldn't. And it annoyed Jesus. You could tell he was just so bothered by that. Nonetheless, the father was asking Jesus, can you do something? If you can, would you heal my son? And look at what Jesus said to him. This is in Mark 9, and that's verse 23 and 24. Now, Jesus is answering the father, and he said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. And right away, the father answered Jesus, and he cried out, and he said it with tears. And imagine this man's pain, watching his son go through this. He said, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Brothers and sisters, this is a very, very powerful lesson. What we're seeing here is a man that believes as much as he can, and he's in pain over what his son has been going through, but he knew that something inside of him didn't fully believe. And Jesus honored this man's prayer right away and healed the son. He cast out that demon and he healed him. This is a prayer from this man who believed, but also had some unbelief. He knew there was a doubt, there was something somewhere in his heart. He was divided. Jesus didn't hold that against him. He came to him with that need too. He said, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. And Jesus helped his unbelief by healing the son to show him that Jesus would do this. This is extremely powerful because many of us get to a point where we know we believe, we know God can, but there's something somewhere inside of us we're struggling with. We may not even understand it, but there's a, there's a part of unbelief there too. You can believe God and unbelieve him at the same time, just like this man. You can believe to a degree, but there's something else that's hanging you up. You can pray just like he did. Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. And then we can go right back to what we've been talking about. So that's to encourage you, even if you feel that you have some unbelief in you. 
We all have some unbelief somewhere. And that's the reason we struggle with our prayer life. And some things just don't work out in our prayer life. It's unbelief. In fact, the disciples went to Jesus on occasion when they couldn't heal somebody or cast a demon out. And they they asked Jesus, how come we couldn't do it? And he said just that because of your unbelief. It was mixed. The disciples were, were very successful when the Lord would send them out and they would pray for people. They were all happy. People were getting healed. And and when something didn't work out, it baffled them. How come we couldn't do it? And the Lord was showing them that there was still unbelief. Their minds were not totally renewed in the word of God. This is a process, brothers and sisters, when we pray and something doesn't work out. It's not because God said no. It's because we still have this unbelief. But this message is not to discourage you, it's to encourage you. Here you have a man who had some unbelief, and all he said was, Lord, I believe, but help the unbelief as well. Work in my life so that I believe you better. And then when you gather together with another person, let's say again, you husbands and wives, gather together on something that's important to you. Is there something with your children you need to pray about? Is there something in your lives that's missing or that's hurting? Or are you building something that needs to go to the next level. There are so many promises in the Word of God that you can draw from, and you can use them very much the same way I was showing you before. You speak His Word. Speak the living Word. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not want. That's speaking the living Word. And stand on it. Paul used that expression in Ephesians 6. You can read Ephesians 6, that whole section where he's talking about how we fight. And he was saying, having done all, in other words, having spoken the word, having done it, having done all in prayer, he said, stand. Therefore, stand. Stand on it. You went to God. You got together and you you spoke the word of God. You prayed your requests and you spoke a decree. You spoke God's word. You declared it. I shall not die, but I will live and I will declare the works of the Lord. That's Psalms 118 and verse 17. David declared God's word all the time. And this is the encouragement I wanted to bring out to you today. Speak the living word. It's part of your prayer life. And yes, it is okay to say, Lord, I just need help. Help me. I'm struggling with my schooling. I'm struggling with my work. I'm struggling someplace in my life. I don't understand something. Give me the understanding. But there's also a time when you feel that there's an attack coming against your life or your family or your church. And sometimes you have to stand with the sword in your hands. And that sword in your hands is the word of God. Again, look at Ephesians 6 and verse 17. It said, take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. What do you do with the sword? You got to use it against that enemy who's lying to you. Satan uses lies to come against us. He said, you're going to be sick. You're going to fail. No one loves you. You're never going to succeed. And on and on and on. He brings fear. He brings doubt. He brings discouragement and condemnation. When you feel condemned, you have a sword in the spirit which says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. That's Romans 8 and 1. Many Christians feel condemned for one reason or another. They feel useless, like God doesn't want to use them and can't use them. But Romans 8 verse 1 says the opposite. 
And he's talking about you. If you're in Christ, he's talking about you. So use that verse like a sword. And don't just pray, oh Lord, I feel condemned. He's giving you a weapon, his word. Use it like a sword and speak the living word and say, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Do you see how this works? And this is just the beginning. And some of the things I spoke about in faith, about speaking God's word, I wrote it in a, in a book that I call Faith That Gets Results. I go into more detail about that. If you're interested in that, I'll leave a link in the show notes and you can just go to our website. You'll see it there. It really expounds on how we use our faith. But right here and now, remember, you have the living word in you. Listen to the last few episodes here. And you'll see we've been speaking about this a lot. Jesus is the living word. And his word has the ability to heal, to fix, to give life in any situation that you are in. It does not matter what's going on. No matter how devastating it is, Jesus can bring life. That's what his word does. And sometimes, you may have even heard people say it, you have to speak life into your situation. You have to speak that healing. And it can be something as simple as just be healed. Or I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord, or no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm not going to lack here. God has begun a good work in me, and he's gonna complete that work. He's not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. These were all scriptures that I just spoke there. And these scriptures will be in the show notes. You'll see them. And you can speak those and thousands more in your prayer life. Speak the living word. And when two or three of you gather together and do this, it's very powerful. The Lord was encouraging us as a people to gather and, and pray like this. He said, just two of you is enough to have this kind of a special union in something. There's something special about it. I can't say I even understand it in full myself, but there's obviously something special about people getting together in unity and praying over a matter. So it's our encouragement to do it. So let's do that. I'm going to leave it right there, brothers and sisters. I'm, I'm so thankful for this word. Speak the living word. It's just so powerful. And I hope it's been a blessing to you. So again, thank you for joining us today. We love you. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.